Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. This is the Build Your Network Podcast, episode 388. Hey, this is Michael Zapersky, co-founder of ConsultingSuccess.com. And if you want to learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should definitely be listening to the Build Your Network Podcast with Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I am sitting down with my buddy, Michael Zapersky. Michael is the CEO of Consulting Success and Coach to Consultants. He has advised organizations like Financial Times, the Dow Jones, RBC, and helped Panasonic launch new products into global markets. But more importantly, he's helped over 370 consultants from around the world in over 50 industries add six and seven figures to their annual revenues. Over 35 thousand consultants read his weekly consulting newsletter. And he's also the author of the Amazon bestsellers, The Elite Consulting Mind and Consulting Success, the book. I can't wait for you guys to uh, tune into this conversation with Michael. It's going to be some awesome things that we cover. But first, really quickly, if you are a six or seven figure business owner, solopreneur, coach, consultant, or the works, and you understand the power of having a podcast. You understand that it's important for building your network, for building your credibility and authority in your niche, for business development, for driving revenue, for building better relationships with your ideal clients, all of those things, but you just don't have the time, team, or resources to get it done, then have me and my team do it for you. Um, basically, if you just head over to travischapel.com slash podcast, travischapel.com slash podcast, we're taking on a few clients at a time where we basically just 
just come in, do all of the entire podcasting process for you. All you have to do is show up and record the content and then give us the file and we turn it into a show all the way from the beginning at the launch, all the way through to monthly production and all that good stuff as well. So travischappell.com slash make my podcast. Michael, what's going on, man? Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Hey, Travis, great to be with you. So I want to go back a little bit, build some context here for the listeners. And so let's go all the way back before all the success, pre-consulting pre and uh, pre-all of your advising uh, that you've done for these insane, insanely big companies, uh, pre-authorship, pre-everything. Let's go all the way back. Let's take me back to junior high, high school time period. What was 13, 14-year-old Michael up to? Sports. Sports was my life. Um, you know, I... I was born in Toronto and at two years of age, my parents took me to Israel. Uh, I spent four and a half years there. And when they moved me back to Canada, this time to Vancouver, uh, I really felt like an outsider. I didn't know anyone. I didn't speak English. Um, and I felt like I had to, to find my way to prove myself uh, and to try and fit in. So for me, the way that I really got started or the way that I tried to kind of make my mark was, was through sport, through physical activity. So mm. if you're talking a 13 year old or even probably up to about 17 year old, uh, Michael, my whole life was sports and martial arts. That's what I was doing all day, every day. Uh, and then eating a lot too. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> what was uh, your sport of choice? Uh, so that's, you know, it's kind of like a trick question cause there, there wasn't one. Um, okay. I, I started off doing soccer and then baseball uh, then I got into uh, karate and later hapkido and rugby. Uh, I did basketball. Uh, I did track and field. And so actually track and field was where I spent a lot of time in high school. And when I say track and field, I'm saying specifically discus, shot put, and javelin. And there was one guy uh, in the city, or actually not in the city, in the, in the province, so it's like the state, uh, that I could never beat. So I was city champion and I would get to these provincials, like kind of state championships. And there's one guy I could never beat. His name was Dylan Armstrong. Um, and in the 2010, I believe it was Olympics, uh, he won a bronze medal. Oh, no way. So at least, uh, at least you were losing to a, uh, Olympic medalist. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> take, take comfort in that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So sports all throughout high school was, was, how about school? Was school your thing? Academics? No, school was, was certainly not my thing. Um, I didn't read a full book until I was probably 16 years old. Okay. Uh, and then the first book that, so the way I kind of got through school was in terms of reading books was like Cole's notes. I don't, you know what those are? It's like summary versions of, of books. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that, and, and even that was a struggle for me. I just, my mind was, was never in school. I was the kid sitting at the back of the class doodling notes. I was very social. I had lots of friends. Um, I was a bigger kid and, um, and I think really sports kind of, you know, helped me to, to make my mark and to stand out. But I always just liked everyone. I didn't matter if you were the new kid that came from a different country or you're someone that other kids picked on. Like I just liked everyone. I liked people. Um, and I just enjoyed having conversations with people, but I was certainly not into school. And, uh, when I was 15, I went to Thailand, uh, and, uh, that blew my mind. Uh, I had just this cultural explosion where I just really realized that the world was such a big place ever since I was young and living overseas. Uh, I just enjoyed talking with people, um, you know, from different cultures and religions. And I've just always kind of considered myself an international person. But I went, when I went on that trip to Thailand, I came back and I almost stopped doing sports within a matter of a couple of years. And I went wow. completely into arts. I got into music, I got into art and poetry. 
Uh, I started reading books. The f first book I read was Shogun. The second book I read was Godfather. So I went from reading nothing to reading books that were like five, 600 pages long. Wow. Uh, and I went from sitting at the back of the class to sitting at the front of the class. And so for me, grade through halfway through grade 10 is when I actually started to study or kind of recognize that I needed to study. But grade 11, grade 12, I was at the front of the class doing what I needed to do, you know, won some scholarships and, um, and from there went into, uh, into college. What happened on that trip to make you come back like that? I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I just, I saw something like I just, there was, I, it was probably, so this is going back now many years. And, and yeah. so Thailand is not the same, like, it's not like going to Bangkok today. Um, it was, for me, it was a, a very big cultural experience. Like it was culture shock, but you know, to the ninth degree and yeah. not in a negative way, but I just went, I was like, Whoa, there's just so much out there. Right. When I was in Israel, I was a young kid. Um, I could only recognize so much. I left when I was six and a half years old, but now as a teenager going to a different country with a completely different culture, it, it something just clicked for me. And I was a lot more interested in, in art and people and, and culture and, uh, psychology and, you know, spirituality. And so this was a really big shift um, for me and, uh, yeah, just really kind of sparked going down that different path. Do you, do you still travel a good amount now? Yes. So last year I spent about five and a half months, uh, with my wife and kids, um, uh, traveling. Amazing. I love that. So travel is a huge part of my thing. I don't talk about it a ton. Um, but, um, it is a huge part of my DNA and, uh, we try to get out and, and visit a couple new countries at least once a year. And, uh, you know, right now I'm at 31 or 32 different countries nice. and I'm 27. We're still like, we're still cranking through as much as we can. And I'm curious to hear your perspective on it because I've found that traveling has been one of the most, um, in terms of personal development, in terms of mm -hmm. becoming a better person and trying to, uh, and trying to always improve, you know, you can read books and you can listen to audio and listen to podcasts and watch YouTube channels, but there's a, a different realm I feel that travel touches on that, that is, is so much more real. Can you talk into that for a little bit? It's perspective. I mean, that, that to me, that's what travel is. Like yeah. you put yourself in a different culture, um, surrounded by different languages and different types of people. And, um, you know, where people have different ways of, of doing things, different ways of thinking, different priorities, and yeah. you just start to gain a different perspective. Um, but not only that for me as well, like the big, the big reason that I do what I do is in terms of traveling um, and just the way I kind of operate and think, it's all about creating memories. I'm a lot more interested in creating memories and experiences than I am in just accumulating things. Yes. Uh, and, you know, going, like I remember with my daughter, uh, when we were in, um, in Spain, we were in the Costa Brava, we rented a, a nice place and just, you know, having the experience of, of her being in that environment or walking down through like the, the town and, and, uh, just, you know, her trying to speak a little bit of Spanish and people laughing and smiling. It's just these little moments that, that touch your heart in a way that, yeah, as you said, you don't get from just reading a book or watching television. And I think it's a gift for children, especially to be able to go to, to different countries or to be surrounded by different kinds of people because you, you learn things and it just adds, um, you know, again, a, a perspective. Yeah, sure. What, what has that done for, what, what has that done for your ability to be more successful with your business? Well, I mean, number one, our clients are all around the world. So um, I think we attract people who, um, who think in similar ways that we do, where they, they enjoy travel, they, they appreciate different people. Um, and I think the other thing too is 
going to different countries again has given me different perspectives and different priorities. And so uh, I've worked to set up um, our business with my cousin, business partner, Sam, uh, you know, in a way that uh, supports the lifestyle that we want. So we don't have the business running us. We run the business uh, and we've been very intentional in, in creating multiple businesses, selling a few businesses over the years together um, that really adds to what we want to achieve in, in life, uh, not just creating a business for the sake of having a business. Yeah, there's a big difference between those two, right? Huge, huge. Okay, so this one has been a long time coming and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests. So in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production, then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business. And then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with. And I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And we'll chat real soon. Okay, so let's kind of go back into the timeline of the story here. So Thailand changes your life. You come back, you're a lot more focused on the arts and in literature, culture, psychology, seems like. Um, where, do you, where do you go from there? What's the next step? Vietnam. So I went when I was 16 and a half years old, I believe, to Vietnam with my cousin Sam, who's a few years older than I am, um, just the two of us. Wow, and so, that's awesome. Yeah, we had to convince my parents. It was like a whole you know, <laughs> legal job. I had to become like a lawyer to, to convince them. But I'm sure. Uh, but they, they let us, right? Surprisingly, they let us. And uh, we just had an, a really amazing experience, spent about a month there. Um, and that's actually where we started to, to kind of create these, this, this idea of building a business together. Mm-hmm. Um, and our first idea for a business was actually to create a, a record label. Um, which didn't happen, but we bought the book and started planning it, but it never actually ended up happening. But when we came back, we just, we knew even at that time that we wanted to create a business together, uh, just kind of taking into account all the different ideas that we had and the, um, the love for international and, and travel. Uh, but the first business that we actually created together, and this was just when I was about to leave uh, high school. So I was still in high school, but it was a web development and design company. And so my cousin Sam was very focused on the design side and the creative. And I was much more on the strategy and the communications and coordinating um, with clients. Wow. So how did that go? Obviously, you're still in high school at this point. So what did you feel like it was? Did you feel like it was a really good glimpse of what business was going to be like? Or looking back, do you view that as more of like a side hustle high school opportunity? 
Yeah. I mean, like that, that business was not a massive business, but for, um, you know, for a kid in high school, it was, it was a nice business. It started to bring in some money. Uh, but I think more importantly, it really gave me concrete real world experience uh, beyond what you can just get in a book and certainly beyond what you can get in, in school. And so um, here I was already interacting with people, doing deals, you know, negotiating contracts, dealing with pricing, dealing with challenges or problems that, that come up, you know, being happy with successes and celebrating those. And so by the time that I got to, to college, um, you know, I was already well into that business. Uh, and so I didn't want to really be in college. Like, I, you know, even though I was studying more and I saw the importance of, of that stuff, I just wanted to get out into the real world and, and build business full time. Yeah, got it. So when, uh, what, what, what do you think, after that, after that point in high school, uh, you ended up going to school for a little bit of time. Um, what was like the couple of the big lessons that you learned from then? Well, so when I was just about kind of the last few months of, of high school, I met my now wife uh, and she's from Japan. So uh, we started dating and then uh, we were together for, for several months, but then she had to go back to Japan because she was just over here on a, on a tra- uh, kind of on a, um, st- student and work permit. She's mm-hmm. a few years older than I am. And so when I went into college, uh, this was a two-year diploma program that I was doing. Uh, but I, the moment I landed there, I already knew that I was going to want to go to Japan. Uh, the thing is, I didn't have money to go to Japan. Like There was some money coming in from the business, but not really enough for me to, to think about going um, or at least spending the time that I wanted there. Uh, so I decided to study really hard and try and win a scholarship. So I applied for a scholarship that, so specifically to go and study in Asia because my program was Asian and business studies. Mm-hmm. And so I won that scholarship. I ended up spending three months in the summer uh, in Japan and uh, got to spend time with with my then, you know, girlfriend, uh, now wife. And so that was another big experience for me of actually being in Japan, uh, and learning the language, but also meeting a lot of people. And I did an internship while I was there, which started to expose me to the world of Japanese business. And so when I came back to finish my diploma, um, I actually knew that I was going to go back to Japan. And so what happened was, as a third or second year student, I applied to go to, to UBC, the University of British Columbia. It's one of the biggest university in this area. And, but I did it so that my third year was actually as an exchange student. So I was mm. supposed to go third year into UBC, but I went third year and went to a university in Japan. Mm. Uh, and while I was there, I would study during the day, but in the early morning and then after school and into the evening, I was uh, working with Japanese, uh, a Japanese market research company. And I'd also taken the company that Sam and I were running, which was now a different company called Kanke Culture. Kanke in Japanese means relationship. But we had started this company really focusing much more now on marketing and visual communications. And so uh, when I went over to Japan, I was running that business on the side, just hustling to try and make things happen. I was working for a market research company uh, and I was going to, to school full-time in Japan for a year. And so I did that. I came back to uh, to Vancouver to this time finish up my degree. So a four-year degree from UBC, except I'd only spent one year there. But when I was there, I didn't want to be there because I wanted to get right back to Japan because I was building a successful business there, at least the starting of it. And so yeah. as soon as I got my four-year degree, I went right back to Japan, spent the next uh, five, six years there building that company and working with some really amazing um, you know, global brands. What do you think it was that drove you during this time, Michael? I find it fascinating when I talk with people like yourself who in their time in university or college, they didn't, 
they didn't, you know, succumb to all the like party culture and, mm. you know, in school to just kind of hang out and have like an extended vacation past high yeah. school. Yeah. But you were actually not just you not just going to school like you went to school and then went to a different country and then decided to run a business be in that country learn their language and work an actual job while you're over there like yeah. as you know as a young kid at 19 20 21 years old so what what do you think it was that that drove you comparatively to a bunch of people who probably were your peers at the time who were just kind of like hanging out in school trying to have a good time yeah, like I'm, I'm smiling and laughing as you're um, saying all this because I, I remember that exact situation many times over, whether it was later on in high school or in university where I would talk with people and they would be inviting me to the parties. And I, listen, I would go sometimes. I was a social person, but mm-hmm. uh, to a large degree, that, that just didn't seem interesting to me. I was like, listen, I, yeah, I could go over there and get drunk with a bunch of people and, and feel tired the next day, or I could just work on building this business. And I know that it's going to end up making you know, a lot more money, but also creating more value and having, have a, having greater impact. And so that then you know, later on, I'll be in a better position. And so yeah. for me, that was just like a, a very clear trade-off one that I was, I was willing to make. I was, I had absolutely no problems, uh, missing those, uh, those days because I, I didn't mind, like I really enjoyed doing what I was doing. And to your question, uh, Travis, like, you know, where did that come from? I don't know a hundred percent, but I do know, I think something happened when I, uh, came from Israel back to Canada where I really felt like an outsider. I felt like I had to prove myself. My parents got divorced, um, within a year or so after I'd come back mm. and I just, I needed to channel my energy somewhere. And, uh, again, this is kind of like around the time where I started to get involved in sports. And I, so I became very competitive and I've just always been the kind of person where when I identify something that I want to achieve, I set a goal. It doesn't matter how, but I'm gonna, I, like, I'm going to make it happen. And I, I mean, of course, ethically and morally and all, and all sure. that, but like, I'm going to make it happen. And it doesn't matter if I need to convince someone, you know, in like the, the chairperson of a school program to change the program for me because I want to do something different. Like if I believe in something, I will, I'll figure out a way to make it happen. And that mindset, that persistence has, um, has benefited everything that I've done from sports to martial arts to, uh, you know, to family and, and certainly to business as well. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and, and you are doing something right now and your will to win is for sale, meaning that, meaning that something, somebody or something could come along at any point along the journey that you have right now and convince you to stop doing what you're doing and head a different direction, then maybe you should ask yourself if this is the direction that you want to be headed in because exactly what Michael's saying is the advantage. He, like, you had the advantage, Michael, of knowing that no matter what happens, I will make this happen. There wasn't a there wasn't like a time, like, you know, if this happens in the next six months, then I'll stick with it. Or, you know, if I see this to this point, then, you know, maybe I'll consider leaving at that. Like none of that was on the table, right? It was just very well, much. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah and it. Travis, if it's all right, I, because I want to be very transparent with everyone. It's yeah. not that I am, you know, bulletproof, like very transparently. I had many occasions where, and even still to this day where things will creep up in my mind and go, Oh, there's a different opportunity. Or someone says, Hey, this is like the latest thing, or you should do that. Or this will be better for you. It's going to add more revenue for you or whatever. Those temptations are always going to surround you. Yeah. Um, and I think especially as you even become more successful, you have the ability and greater opportunities to say yes to more things. But if you really look at where the greatest success comes from, it's, it's not through addition, it's through subtraction. It's by removing things that aren't essential so that you can just really focus on what matters most. And so uh, over the years, I've made mistakes. I've, I've learned from trying things that really weren't what I should have been doing. But 
the sooner I was able to bring myself back on track or to get focused or say no so that I could just really focus on the plan and the goal that I wanted, that's where real traction, real progress and real success came from. Yeah, I love it, man. So let's let's kind of go back into the story here. Um, so now you're in Japan and uh, this is post-graduating college and running a successful business. At what point do you get into what you do now, which is consulting? Yeah, so um, built that business there for five, six years, uh, worked with some um, very large Japanese organizations and international brands. Uh, and then my wife and I, uh, at that time, we still weren't married yet, but um, we decided that we were going to move back to North America, that it just was where we thought would be kind of a healthier environment for, for us and, uh, you know, and our future kids and, and all that kind of stuff. And so we made that move back, which was looking at it was a weird move in some ways because the business was, was going very well. And we just decided to make that shift, even though we had from like a financial material kind of standpoint, things were, were going really well. But we knew in terms of our values and what we wanted that, uh, that returning to North America would be, would be kind of in our best interest. And so we did that. And so around that time, uh, my cousin Sam and I, again, we had been partners in several businesses. Uh, we, we decided that we would be working on different things. And so I started a, a lead generation company for professional services firms when I got back. And Sam was actually at that time, he had moved to Japan just when I kind of moved away. So we, we crossed over the Pacific uh, and he was working as a, um, as a marketing manager for um, a Japanese, like an English language uh, magazine in Japan. But he came back to, to visit in Vancouver at one time uh, or one summer and we were at a family barbecue and we were sitting there and just like talking about what we were doing and we said, you know what, it'd be really cool if we could do something again together, but this time if we could do it online. So it doesn't really matter where we are. We both like this idea of travel and being able to work anywhere in the world, you know, at any time. Like, why don't we figure out something that we could do together again, but online? And so we didn't know exactly what the business would be and we were both doing separate things. But we started this company, which eventually became consultingsuccess.com as a place to just share uh, lessons learned from like the front lines, from the trenches of, of building consulting businesses. And so it was just all content. There was no real monetization, no obtrusive ads. We just wanted to share and to see kind of like where it would go. And what happened, Travis, pretty quickly is there was a lot of interest in, in those articles and in that content. People want to learn more. And then people started saying, okay, hey, your free articles are, are really great, but you know, do you have a course, do you have a program saying where I could learn more about becoming a successful consultant? Uh, and we said, well, no, but like, I guess we could create one. And so we did. And so we created one and, you know, we started off, it was probably $47 and then $197 or whatever. Right. But, um, we put something out and that started to get some traction. And then we had people saying, Hey, this course is really great, but you know, do you do coaching? Can you, can you like work with me directly? And we said, well, we don't have that right now, but I guess we could do something like that. And so we yeah. launched a coaching program and, you know, now about almost 10 years later, um, yeah, we have worked with hundreds of consultants personally. Uh, we've had thousands go through our programs and tens of thousands, um, you know, come to the site each month and, and read the, the newsletter and, and free articles and content and, and different studies that we publish about uh, growing successful consulting businesses. I love so much about what you just said, uh, but that part about where you just decided to start talking about something, right? And then people were like, hey, this is actually is helpful. Can we have more of this? And then you said, well, you know, we don't really have that right now, but yeah, sure, we'll build something. So you build something, right? And then they go, hey, this, you know, thing that you built, this was helpful. Do you have more of this? And like, those are signs that you're doing something correct, 
right? Like mm -hmm. when, when you can put out, and this is some, a conversation I have with a lot of content creators, um, because, uh, not, not, not every single person needs to start a show with the end in mind. Like some people just, if you just want to, if you're passionate about a topic and you're cool with putting stuff out, make sure it's consistent make sure it's quality and just get it out there because your audience ultimately is going to be, um, is going to be telling you what mm -hmm. you need to be doing and they will offer you money if what you're doing is valuable because if if you can bring enough value then people will pay for it and that's such a such a perfect example of of exactly what you would of, of what i'm talking about is what you guys did um, so i want to you know acknowledge you guys for for you know kind of paving the way so to speak for a lot of people to follow that model so now you have have consulted companies but you've also helped consultants make more money. Um, and now you've written a couple of books on that as well. Um, I, I know we talked a little bit before about a, uh, a download that you have for all of the listeners. Where, what, what is that and where can they go to find that? Yeah, definitely. We have a, a consulting blueprint. So it's a detailed guide uh, that really walks you through some of the most important steps and considerations and some strategies that you can implement to grow a successful consulting business. Uh, and they can get that for free by going to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. Consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. Definitely head over there and uh, check out what, um, what Michael and his company has to offer, especially if you are in the knowledge space. If you have knowledge that you sell to people via coaching or consulting um, or courses or anything like that, definitely go check out some of Michael's stuff. So Michael, I'm curious uh, to know your answer to this question because it's, it's the staple question. It's the one I ask every guest that comes on the show because this is the Build Your Network podcast who you know or what you know, Michael, which of those two is more important? Well, that's a really great question. And, you know, my initial instinct to say it's, it's who you know, but I also feel that what you know is, is really important because if you had to start from scratch and you didn't know anyone, um, if you have knowledge, uh, then that's something that you could monetize very quickly. Whereas if you know a lot of people, but don't have any knowledge, then you might know someone, but you may not be able to, to monetize or to build a business if you don't have any knowledge. So I think the two are very important, but I could certainly offer an example where uh, in Japan, especially building a business over there, who you know was incredibly important. Mm. Yeah, such a great perspective on that. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Michael. Before we go, besides consultingsuccess.com slash blueprint, where can people go to connect with you personally the most? Yeah, LinkedIn's a great uh, spot. And just okay. type in Michael Zapersky in LinkedIn. Um, when you shoot me a message, please just put a little note. Let me know that you saw me on Travis's show here. Um, that way I'll know. I get a lot of inquiries and a lot of messages on, on LinkedIn, but I always appreciate people who put a little note in to personalize it and uh, be great to hear that you heard us on the show here. So definitely head over to LinkedIn if that's your platform of choice and uh, search for Michael Zapersky. That's Z-I-P as in Paul, U-R-S-K-Y, Michael Zapersky over on LinkedIn. Head over there, shoot him a quick message. Let him know that you heard about him here on the show. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Seriously, I had a fantastic time chatting with you. Hey, Travis, thank you so much. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. 
Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.